Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, Dad, it is so cool to be with you today. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, darling. It is so awesome to just have the opportunity to interview to you today and to hear your story and to uh, hear everything that God has done in your life because you have led an amazing life and still got many more years to lead to, but have been married to mum for 45 years, which is an amazing achievement and have had five kids we have three kids, and I do not know how you have done that, having five kids, yeah. um, owned uh, many businesses as well, and I suppose led this life that has been very, very full. But I want to honor you today for the incredible dad that you have been. You've been somebody that, with all us kids, we've just known how much we are loved and our worth completely. And most of all, you have always pointed us to Jesus. And, you know, we all say none of us are perfect parents, but what I love about who you were as a dad is you led our family with incredible passion. All of us knew how valued we were. And like I said, you led us with so much wisdom. So I want to honor you today and thank you for the being the amazing dad that you have been. Thank you, darling. Thank you. And so, yeah, we thought it would be awesome today just to ask some questions um, and to hear a little bit more about your story. And so the first thing I'd just love to hear from you about is just what has been one of the greatest honours and rewards of being a dad? Um, I guess really the privilege of, of being involved with, with my children, the privilege of creating an environment of love and encouragement for them really to, to grow into the sons and daughters of their heavenly father. That has been an amazing privilege and a reward. I feel like the richest man in the world. Um, certainly not money-wise, but yeah, it's been a wonderful privilege to be a dad. It's so cool. And um, for you, you have always displayed for me an incredible love for Jesus. I remember as a young girl just watching you worship and always bringing everything back to Jesus. And I know your story is an incredible story of what can happen in someone's life when they follow Jesus, when they open up their world to him. And we'd just love to hear a bit of your story about how you discovered God, how he revealed himself to you. Okay. Yeah, well, <clears throat> as a little boy, I, my mum and I <clears throat> were a unit, uh, but... In the days that I was a little boy, I was the only boy in my school that didn't have a dad. And my mum wore that shame. She, she was the mother of a little boy out of wedlock and there was a lot of shame. And I carried that as well, I guess, and there was a big vacuum. Um, a lot of instability in our world. Um, then when I was about seven years old, I met a little boy at school and um, on the way home, he asked me to call in and play with him on the swing, and I did so. And his mum saw me, came out and, and uh, asked who I was and, <clears throat> and asked me in for a glass of milk and a biscuit. I can still remember it vividly. And um, I didn't, as I was eating the biscuit, she asked where I lived, and I told her where I lived down the end of a little street in, 
in a, a foundry cottage, that one bedroom cottage that mum and I lived in. And mum finished work at five o'clock and I would sit on the step waiting for her. And um, this lady walked me home. Her name was Lillian Gore and her and her husband were missionaries on furlough. Um, and I still remember, because I was in a lot of trouble because I was late, <clears throat> um, I remember holding mum's leg and looking up at, at Lillian introducing herself to my mum. They were both nurses, so I had a lot in common and they became great friends. And, um, and the Gores invited mum and I to their home for a meal one night. And um, I remember sitting in the corner playing with toys with their three boys hearing about this gospel, a message of Jesus that they shared with my mum. And they led my mum to the Lord that night. And uh, as mum and I walked down the street back to our little house, little dwelling, mum had my hand in one hand and a Bible in the other. And she said to me, Marcus, she said, my sins have all been forgiven and I'm a new creation. And that stage, that our lives changed. And the consequence of my mum giving a heart to Jesus brought me into God's scope really as well because God says he's a father to the fatherless. And, and really that's, that's been my story. Um, <clears throat> and uh, coming into becoming aware of God was an amazing experience. My mum never left God. She, she served him, followed him all the days of her life, prayed for, for me and, and our grand, her grandchildren. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a great, great thing. That was hard to sometimes think that I almost had it better than a child who had a, a great dad who didn't love Jesus. I almost had it better because my heavenly father became my dad. He put me into the hands into an apprenticeship. I served an apprenticeship in a big glass factory and mum was quite gentle. So I went from a world of being gentle and into a harsh environment with an old boss called Charlie Glass. And I remember <laughs> how, how shattering it was going into that world of, of harshness. But my heavenly father put me into that world to teach me to be a man because I didn't have a dad to teach me. And um, wow. all the values that, that I grew into about manhood, about serving, about being a hard worker, valuing, valuing work, that was taught to me in that harsh environment. <clears throat> I went home one night and I said to God, this is too hard. I can't do this. <clears throat> I said, Lord, let me find something else. And he spoke to me so clearly in a rhema word. He said, serve your earthly master as unto the Lord. And I had to make a choice then. Our lives are all about choices. I, had a, I chose to obey God and I stayed in that place. And I gave my boss my very, very best. And um, when it came time for me, for me to move on, just prior to me moving, my boss offered me shares in his company wow. to get me. 
So that was, you know, my God had just, he was my heavenly father and he was teaching me. He taught me to be a man. I think for me, something that has always amazed me is how amazing you were as a dad when you didn't have an example of a dad yourself. You know, you grew up all your years not having somebody to look up to when, like you said, all the kids in your school had a dad, but you have never known that for yourself, yet you were an amazing dad to us. And so just how, how have you been an amazing dad when you didn't have that example yourself? Well... Our Heavenly Father is, is really our, he's our example. And as you have a relationship, as you grow in your relationship with your Heavenly Father, I think it, it enhances it. Well, my love as a dad for my family was a byproduct of my Heavenly Father's love. Mm. Um, and I've always loved that about God, that he made us in his image. So we love because he loves. And we have a father heart towards our children because he has a father heart towards us. Mm. So even though I didn't have an earthly father, I hadn't been taught, it was just a byproduct, really, of having a relationship with a heavenly father. Um, if that answers your question, honey. Yeah, and I, I still remember you telling me the story of when Brad was born, you had your first son, because you had me first and then Brad, and you said loving a daughter came easy because, you know, it was your little girl, but then when you had a son, it was a different story because you had to teach him to be a man. I remember you telling me a story of when he was born and what you did in that moment. Could you just um, share that story to everybody? Oh, well, yeah, sons and daughters, you love them equally. <clears throat> when, when you were placed <laughs> in my girls hands. girls a little bit more. <laughs> No, when you were placed in my hand, when I became a dad and, um, and I was presented with this miracle that I, I knew that I could never have created, but this breathing miracle was my little girl. Um, and I remember two or three days after you came into my life, my face ached. My face was sore and it suddenly dawned on me I was smiling so much that my facial muscles were unused muscles, were, were tired. Um, yeah, amazing experience. Um, Brad, when Brad came along, yeah, I was presented with a son and I, and I, yeah, again, the wonder of that captivated my heart. Um, but on the way home, leaving mum and Brad in the nurse's home and, and travelling home, called into a burger bar to buy a burger on my way back to the farm. And, and I walked in and I just must have looked absolutely bedraggled. And the lady behind the counter said, mate, what's happened to you? And I simply said, I have a son. And they caught that, this woman and her husband that was doing the cooking, they stopped and they looked at me and they cheered. They cheered, hooray. They caught my wonder of having a son. And uh, for the first time in my life, I had entered into a father-son relationship. And um, getting back to the farm, I was quite, the, the weight of it 
being a dad for a little boy, how was I going to be a father to a little boy? I had no idea. And, uh, but I knelt down beside my bed. I remember it clearly as clear. And I just committed my little boy's life and his journey and my life with him to my God. I asked my God to be my heavenly father so I could teach my son the things that he'd learned. And I went to sleep peaceful because I trusted God with that challenge. But yeah, most Amazing. wonderful experience becoming a dad. Amazing dad. Um, one of the things I really admire about you is you have been through a lot of heartbreak in life, but you still have not allowed it to to close you off. You've lived with incredible openness. You know, I know your story has had sexual abuse as part of it, you know, fam, very close family members dying, a brother that died. And I know grandma went through a lot of tragedy as well. But you, you lived in a way that has just, it's been with an open hand and incredibly generous, incredibly open. So how have you lived in that way when life has thrown so much pain and hardship your way? Well, I think when you're, when you're in a relationship with, with God, you can't, you know, he doesn't lead you into shutting off. The character of God is, is to love is to, to be open, to, to share his love. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine how you could shut yourself down when you've got God's love in your heart um, mm. and you love people. You love the body of Christ. You love the church. I, I um, yeah, I, I was, I sort of thought about that question because being a good daughter, you've preloaded me with these questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't imagine a Christian falling in love with Jesus and having a relationship with Christ being anything other than Christ because he comes in. He takes residence in our heart. And um, yeah, he heals us from the inside out. And the joy of that healing, that life overflowing, does not allow you to be shut down, to be locked in. Yeah. yeah. So, so cool. I think one of the memories that I have of you as a kid is being upset about something. I can't even remember what it was. And you coming and sitting at the end of my bed and you wouldn't move until I talked. And you just had this incredible commitment in our family for communication always to be open, for everyone to know they had a place to talk. I knew I could come to you and tell you anything in the world and it would be okay with you and we would talk it through. I think that's such an incredible thing to have as part of a family. So why have you always committed to that as, as a leader of a family? Well, you don't, you don't need to, to gain a degree <clears throat> to be aware of where your children are at. <clears throat> in their spirit or in their heart, <clears throat> um, being a, having a father heart to your children, you are aware of, of things that are, of how they're at, of where they're at. And you don't allow that to bed in. You bring that to God. You, you don't dominate their life. You don't impose yourself, but you gently just encourage them to, to share what's going on. 
in their hearts so that you can take that to God. You can submit it to your God. As a family, you can bring it to your Heavenly Father and entrust it to them. And, and, and I've done that with all of my children, um, tried to be aware of what's going on as our, as our Heavenly Father is with us. And I really do believe in being honest and, and uh, sharing your heart. Yeah, I hope that helps. Yeah, it's awesome, Dad. I love it. I love how you're committed to that. I know in my life it has led to such incredible health because it, it was always a safe place as well, cool. which is amazing. Yeah. But I think um, another thing that I am aware would have been a challenge for you is that you didn't have an example of what a good man was, yet you have committed to being a good man yourself. And so what are some things that you have committed to that you would say are the essence of being a good man? Again, you don't go to university to gain a degree. It's not from a head knowledge. The, that comes from a heart that longs to be a good dad, a good man, longs to be a blessing. And for me, I think one of the most important things is to surround yourself with godly people. Mm. And if I can say anything today, if anything I say, I would like to remain in the hearts of whoever is listening to this. God's house is a safe place. And for me as a, as a young dad raising a family, I could never have done that. I could never have been a good dad or without surrounding myself with, with godly people. My pastors, we've been in the same church for 30 odd years, 33, 35 years. So my pastors have walked this journey with me and the wonderful thing about God is that he provides for us husbands and wives and dads and his provision for us, I believe, is in his house. And he's, my pastors, my family have been prayed for by our pastors. You know, godly pastors anointed and appointed with spiritual wisdom and authority. You can't beat that, you can't replace that. And I also, I remember mum and I, we used to take all of our you kids and lots of other kids to parachute music festival. And at once one one year there was a, a parenting course and mum and I thought, oh we could do with that because <laughs> we were right in the middle of raising a young family. <clears throat> probably very desperate. Things were probably falling to pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so we went into this this um, seminar. And we, we looked at each other uh, 15 minutes in and we just, we walked out quite discouraged really because we couldn't put all that stuff together, that the recipe, you know, we didn't fit that perfect step by step by step. It was too hard. We were crazy. Too many kids, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but yeah, God has been, God has been our strength. So, so cool, Dad.
So how have you navigated the different seasons of fatherhood? You know, from going from a crazy busy family with five kids to now all your kids have left home, are married. How did you navigate? I mean, kids leaving home, that's a massive season and you were always so releasing of us. You wanted us to you know, achieve everything that was in our hearts. You were always, um, you had always held us with an open hand. So maybe just some wisdom on just navigating those different seasons of being a dad. Yeah, yeah. Delighted absolutely, totally in every one of those seasons. Very rich, um, very, very, very rich. Um, but your children don't belong to you. God gives us our children to, to love and to nurture and to teach, to raise in his ways. And um, I think love is not selfish. Mm. Love releases and looks forward to the best for your children. And certainly staying at home with me would not have been the best. I think you've certainly upgraded when you <laughs> married Craig. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though you're having to kiss a moustache now. Um, <clears throat> or has he shaved it off? I hope he's shaved it off by now. Yeah, he has shaved it off. He's a good oh, man. Wonderful. The, the point got through in the end. Wonderful. But, yeah, there is pain involved when your children grow up and, and they leave you. Um, it was very hard for me when, when you left home and I felt that coming months before it happened. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is not good. <laughs> I felt that, that weight dread on my heart coming. Um, but I also remember when you and Craig had, that were, had the opportunity to, to take up the challenge of Melbourne and that it had been on my heart. I knew God was going to do something in your lives, I was aware in the spiritual that something was coming. And, and when you told me, I was so excited about what the Lord was doing in your lives. And yet the next day, when I was mowing the lawns, I broke down and wept because there was a cost. I was going to lose my lovely family to another land. Um, but yeah, it's it's just life. and And the great thing about it is that that as your children have grown and they and they become their own people, God's family is still, you know, we're still sowing into the lives of, of other young people and other people in our church and, and in our community. You do, yes, your children grow and, and they leave, become their own people, but you don't stop loving. You don't stop um, nurturing and, and blessing and growing other people. It's still there. It's still there. Amazing, Dad. Well, I'm sure there have been many times as a dad that you have felt discouraged as well. I know for me as a mum, there's plenty of times that I feel discouraged and, gosh, I'm not doing a good job here. So how have you dealt with that discouragement yourself? I think if one is honest with himself, we are very fragile and we are not. We're certainly not perfect. But as you live in a forgiving grace relationship with your heavenly Father, you, you never give up. And you, you take your failures to God and, 
and you cover them with the blood. And um, not talking about great sins or anything, but yeah, always aware of the fact that that you could do things better and you you do things that are wrong and you can get discouraged. But keeping your sights on your relationship with Jesus creates the balance. It keeps you anchored. It keeps you on the on the right track. Mm-hmm. I hope that helps. I hope that's an encouragement to someone. Yeah. If you're feeling discouraged, God's not discouraged with you. God loves you unconditionally and will never give up on you. So good. Um, I know that there are those that will be listening today that have lost a dad or maybe aren't in a great relationship with their dad and Father's Day can actually cause quite a bit of pain. What would be your encouragement to those that are part of today's service that are feeling like that? My experience of, of God is that he surpasses any earthly father's love and he wants to replace hurt, brokenness with his healing and with his grace. And I would encourage you, if you're in that place, come to your heavenly father. Increase, walk in that relationship with your heavenly father because he will give you the grace to forgive and to to mend and bridge the gaps that you need to mend to bring wholesomeness in the relationship with your earthly father. And so, and for those that are part of the service today as well, and you haven't got a personal connection with Jesus, Dad would just love to hear your thoughts and what would be your encouragement to those today who don't know Jesus? Well, there's there's two scriptures that I've always loved. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens his door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Hmm. Jesus wants to know you. He wants to be your God. He wants to heal you and to make you a new creation. He wants you to come into his kingdom. In John chapter 3, verse 16, the gospel in a nutshell, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him would not perish but have everlasting life. So I just encourage you, I've experienced God's love. He's never failed me. He's never been, he's never been discouraged with me. He's always loved me, even though I haven't always loved him. The best thing you could ever do is put your heart into the hands of Jesus. May God bless you. So good. And I know for those that are tuning in as part of this service today, that you could be in a place where you are living separated from knowing Jesus. And Dad has talked about the incredible love that God has met him with. And that is because of Jesus coming and dying on the cross for us, then raising again that we can come to him exactly as we are, that we don't have to have any criteria, we don't have to come to him a certain way, but we can come to him as we are. And I wanna encourage you today, all it takes is surrendering to him. To know him is to surrender to him. And you can do that with a simple prayer today, a prayer that says, you know what, God, I need you. 
I haven't got life right on my own and I need you part of my life. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer together. And this prayer starts a relationship with Jesus. And I know there's also those that are part of today's service. And if you're to be honest, you once were in relationship with Jesus, but you've got disconnected from him. This is all about a personal connection with him. It's not about joining a church. It's not about joining a religious set of beliefs. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're saying today, you know what, I want that relationship. I want to know the God that you've been talking about today. Then right now through this prayer, you can open and surrender your life to him. So why don't you repeat this after me? Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you to be my Lord. I'm sorry for my wrongs, and I want a new start in you. I give you my life. I want to know your love, your joy, and your peace. I open my life to you right now. I want to know you as my heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, for all of those that made that decision today to open your life to God, there is no better decision that you could ever make. And I want to encourage you that we want to be part of helping you with that journey. And what we would love to do is for you to click the raise hand button that's in the chat, or you can click the link that's here as well below me on screen. And when you do that, we'll be able to get your details and just send you a Bible in the mail let you know the incredible gift of the Word of God and how it works in us and through us. And we get to know God's love through this Word. So please, if you made that decision today, make sure you click the raise hand button in the chat, which would be absolutely brilliant, or click onto that link. Make sure you do it. It's the best decision you could ever possibly make. Well, Dad, I just wanted to thank you for being part of today's service. Thank you for being the man that you are, the dad that you are. I honor you. I love you so much. Thank you for all your wisdom. You're amazing. Welcome. Welcome. God bless you all over there. We miss you. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.